Hey. Is this thing on? Oh, it is? Word, word. You are now listening to Lecture Hall, brought to you by studentunionsports.com. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. We get to be brothers? Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. I'm a peacock! You gotta let me fly! Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Lecture Hall, presented by Student Union Sports. It's your boys, it's Papa, it's sh- it's not Shooter. We don't have Shooter. There's no Shooter today. We got our boy Patty Takes, the, the Mr. Stand-In. He's the guy at the local news station at 10 o'clock at night when the other one is sick or maybe too drunk that you just use to fill in. He's our guy, Patty. I've missed you. How are you doing? I'm terrific. And if you don't mind me saying, I'm going to say it how, how Harry would. I'm going to just yeah, go, go class is in session. <laughs> that is. <laughs> somebody been working work. on that all week. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not that I was doing this today, but I've been working on it all week. <laughs> yeah. Harry's on the hot seat. Class is in session. <laughs> Oh, and in like a little Al Green, just go deep, just be like, class is in session. <laughs> and just like bring the house down. That would be that'd be awesome. Or uh yeah. what is it? Bruce is it Bruce Banner buffer? Class is in session. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring all the flair, bring all the dramatics that you possibly can. But anyways, I as we all know, Harrison, known for his flair and dramatics, so Yes, absolute. This is what you get for not being here. All right, Harry, Can't, don't don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> I love it. All right, Patty, I gotta get. We gotta get some things figured out because we got we got the NFL. We got. I don't know. What I'm gonna comment on Deshaun Watson's scenario, but that's going on. Goodell said that he expects stadiums to be full this season. There is like just. I mean. You have Gonzaga beating teams by 20 to go to the Final Four. That just happened about an hour ago. The Utah Jazz, their flight has to turn around after <laughs> striking a flock of birds. Yeah. I, I, uh, Justin Fields runs a 4.44 a 40-yard dash at Ohio State's Pro Day. We got a 17-game NFL season. It feels like the end of Worlds. It, it is. Um, I loved somebody tweeted with the whole Utah Jazz situation that everybody was okay. And meanwhile, on the, on the like first picture, it's just this bloody nose of the plane. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if everybody's okay. <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody on the ground definitely got a free rotisserie chicken. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't you just fly? No, I, I mean maybe. Like, like they gotta fly a little bit, right? One of my favorites. Oh, I, I think there's. I think there's. Is it talon? Are they have talons? What are feet? What did feet off? Chicken feet. Okay. Chicken. I've never heard. I, I've never seen anything referred to as a chicken talon. I'm not a big. I'm not an ornithologist. 
So that is that is a bird person, by the way. That is that is the correct word way. for it. Yeah, that's that's just what the word is. Anyways, Harrison's gonna hate to edit this. We got we gotta have a one track. He's the one who has to do this. Yeah, he's gonna have to edit this. It's gonna be great. Do you have any skill at all? Me? What do you even do here? I you can't even edit your own podcast. Well, I could. It just probably wouldn't sound great. I mean, all right, all right. Yeah, I what I bring to student union is comedic, well, mediocre comedic relief and bad betting. So, all right, there's only room for one of us here. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to talk about your? Uh, this town's only big for the one of us. I couldn't think of the line. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, how do you feel, sir? Because you're a big football. Guy. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about the draft coming up? Are you excited? Are you I have no idea what's going to happen in the draft because we're, we're looking at it where uh, Penny Sewell is like arguably the best talent in this draft. Yeah, but he's not, and he could have the biggest impact on his team this year. Uh, in all likelihood, that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and then it seems like every pick around him is a quarterback. Uh, yeah. No one knows which order those quarterbacks are going. It, it seems that Trevor Lawrence is the unanimous number one pick. Uh, I'm sure Jacksonville will, you know, make sure that he's their number one guy. But as far as we can see, it's Trevor Lawrence and then two, three, and then where whatever's after that, two, three, four, five. I like I don't know. There are four, there are four really good quarterbacks in this draft or quarterbacks that a lot of people like that could go two and three. And and no one's really sure where it's going. And then you also get the Bears who are sitting at 20 and are like, maybe one of them's gonna drop. Maybe one of them's gonna drop. And it's like these guys are gonna be gone by the seventh pick. I'm like, what are you talking about? One's gonna drop. Yeah, it's going to be an unprecedented draft, and obviously we just had uh, San Francisco move up um, and kind of, I feel like, only murky the waters uh, and create more speculation after saying, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy, which is the biggest smokescreen I've seen since, like, Normandy, I guess. But a... uh, I, I don't know how I feel. I just there's been so much surrounding it. It's been on my mind the the last couple of days. Which it's not even for a month. Why do I care? I'm I don't even like care that much about the draft because all the Packers do usually every like other year is take a cornerback in the late first round who then loves to give up yards galore minus Jair Alexander or just not be good at all. So I, I don't. I, I hope for Josh Jackson. So. I'm nobody to talk about, or I'm nobody to talk about, and or I'm not the one to talk about this, just because I I put my eggs in the wrong basket. I think so. Hey, if you if I told you Kevin King, Jair Alexander, and Josh Jackson were all uh, uh, picked by the Packers, you'd be like, "Wow, that's probably really secondary." And yeah, and I can tell you, it's not. So yeah, I mean, you probably have what the best corner in football, and then. I, I like Jair. I really like Jair. I'm not as much of a believer because I think I think I think with his first couple seasons, you got the whole uh, you got the whole like oh here's his big plays like he he can make the he can make the play like he had the uh, game winning 
past breakup against I want to call it San Diego or something like that his rookie year um or LA now and so um he had that and then I you know nobody is watching the meat of the season I feel like you see the highlights and then I mean, last year he was famous. I'm just still skeptical fair enough I wish that we had a cornerback in Chicago so thank you for Adrian Amos by the way yeah it's rough Secondary has not been good since he left. So, and I, and I love the fact, and I pointed this out, Adrian Amos is probably a replaceable player that the Bears haven't been able to replace yet. Um, but what he brought to the defense was he allowed Eddie Jackson to be a playmaker and not have to sit back. And everybody that they brought in since has not allowed Eddie Jackson to do that. And so the extension that you gave Eddie Jackson after 2018 or 2019 just seems wasted now because you've given what $18 million per year to a safety who tweets out every game that you lose. Hey, but they didn't target me. Cool. We still lost by 17 points. <laughs> oh, I will never, never get old of your disdain for your own team. Oh, God, I hate him. I hate him. I'll never root against him on a Sunday, but boy, do I hate him. Speaking of disdain for your own teams, let's move it to probably, well, we got the Cubs, obviously opening is this week, and then we got Illinois. Both had Illinois uh, for futures on them. Obviously, they lost to Loyola. Harry and I kind of talked about it a little bit. But now we're getting down. We have the last Final Four game going on right now. UCLA on an incredible run. They have uh, – they're only down three about halfway through the – well, just uh, a little bit under halfway through the first. Has this tournament – this tournament, I feel like to me, and, and elaborate if you will, um, I feel like this tournament to, to me has had some, like, predictable moments in Gonzaga and Baylor – uh, in the final four. And then obviously like, it feels like everything else has been unprecedented. How do you feel as somebody who's kind of been a part of that unprecedented stuff with Loyola beating Illinois? I mean, it, or do you agree with that sentiment? I guess. I, I'm, I'm, I'm against calling it unprecedented. I mean, Loyola in the Ken Palm. And I said this before their game, Loyola in the Ken Palm was 10th in the country going into the bracket they were 17th in the ap pool and then i want to say that they were ranked 30th by the ncaa for the tournament i don't see how that happens that's an incredible oversight loyola may have kicked illinois ass down the road oregon state may have kicked illinois ass had illinois gotten past loyola but what i do know is the fact that loyola should have been reasonably a four or a five um certainly not an eight and that debate's going to rage on because it, it, it's unfair for Loyola to have to play then number one, Illinois in the, in the first weekend, but it's unfair for Illinois to also have to play arguably the 10th best team in the country in the second game of, of March madness. I I'm, I was upset with how it turned out and I didn't want to, you know, talk to anybody for the rest of the day. Um, that said, it was a great basketball game and Loyola Porter Moser kind of coached circles around Brett Underwood and Brett Underwood next year is going to prepare for that better. It was the second game in a weekend. You people were upset that Illinois ran up the score on Drexel. And I'm like, yeah, it's Drexel. I could run up the score on Drexel. So 
Um, it, uh, you, I mean, you, you're in the tournament time to make a name for yourself. And that's just how these things go. It's tough. I will say that the, I, I will say this, it's tough to be the only one seed, not still alive right now. That burns. Yeah. You could, you could have, you could have a one and this is how everybody's bracket likely looked, but it was probably like, I'm going to have a one, a one, a one, and a two so that I don't have all ones. And that's exactly what you're going to get. Just it's not the losing Isaiah livers for Michigan. Everybody thought that it would be them or Baylor getting the, their teeth kicked in against Kansas a week or two weeks before uh, the brag or before the, before March Madness started, they thought that it would be them. But going looking back at selection Sunday and then looking back in that week leading up to uh, the, the first games, it was Gonzaga and Illinois and everybody's bracket. So disappointing, whatever. But uh, I, you know, it was a great game. And I'm, and I'm more sad that that's likely the last that we see of Io in a Illini jersey, which blows. He was the greatest thing that's happened to that program in years. Um, I mean, I loved Brandon Paul and I loved Malcolm Hill and I loved Tyler Griffey, but they did nothing. Um, I was going to say, I literally don't know those three people. Uh, Malcolm Hill was right before IO and I think Trent Frazier. I don't think that they were ever on the same team. And he was Trent just, Frazier, but. Yeah. Well, um, Trent Frazier was a year before IO got there, was a freshman the year before IO. Um, and I don't think that there was any overlap between Trent and Malcolm Hill, but Malcolm Hill was not as good as IO, but he was still the best thing that Illinois basketball had going for him. And he would just hit a few clutch shots here and there. And we would, you know, put them over the top against like Chicago state, a team that now Illinois would be expected to kick the snot out of, um, put them over the top of, you know, state. uh, and then I, I yeah, uh, and then they had I always forget that they had Kendrick Nunn for a couple of years until Kendrick Nunn got kicked off the team. Um, really? Yeah, sexual assault allegations. Um, yeah. Um, so Kendrick Nunn got kicked off the team. Brandon Paul was there for a few years. Brandon Paul and Tyler Griffey were there together, and they upset. This was John Gross's like first year maybe a second year they upset number one Indiana in Champaign huge upset this was I think 2013 and Indiana didn't drop in the rankings at all and I was so pissed off (laughs) every other team around them lost but Indiana didn't drop and they and Illinois beat India yeah Illinois beat Indiana on a buzzer beater off of a Victor Oladipo turnover and it was I I remember that it was in it was incredible elation and then Indiana didn't drop, and it just went away. It was like, all right, that game never even happened. So, <laughs> all right. Oh man, what was the question? No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know, right? Uh, I love, uh, I, I love playing honesty. That's my favorite part. Speaking of favorite parts, what do you have a favorite game? Do you have a game of the tournament game, like moment of the tournament that you're looking at so far? Uh, um, we might be in this together. But Oral Roberts beating up on Ohio State and then yeah. going to overtime and then Dwayne Washington Jr. just chucking up shit the entire <laughs> – I, I, I think he took almost every single shot 
that Ohio State had in that overtime, and all of them were terrible. <laughs> it was it was literal perfection from the standpoint of an Illinois viewer who at that time was still in the tournament um, and was watching an Ohio State team, even though that Ohio State had taken Illinois to overtime like five days before. <laughs> yeah. It was still awesome to watch them lose to Oral Roberts. So that was a lot of fun. I love that. I think for me so far, it's along that same vein. I think it's at Oral, excuse me, Oral Roberts, Arkansas game. Be great game. Obviously, it was a great game. Um, I think it's probably the most competitive of the tournament so far. And you have, you know, a missed shot by that's like an inch to the right. That thing probably finds its way home with those soft rims. And uh, and I think that was Hinkle. I think that's Hinkle Fieldhouse too. Um, so, oh man, I really I was watching it at at the wife's at the mother in law's place, and so. Uh, I was up on my feet at the wife's mother-in-law's or at your mother-in-law's. My mother-in-law's. I was gonna say the wife's. I was watching at my place. mom's, but I like to call her my wife's mother-in-law. So <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I like to be very convoluted, as we all know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted that thing to go in. I started yelling, freaked everybody out. People were like, "Why are you doing this?" It's like you've never seen it during March Madness. So. If you're a fan of awful, awful basketball, which I frequently am. I'm a Wisconsin love... fan, so, I mean, that's an yes. answerable question. Um, the Abilene Christian Texas game was by far one of the funniest games ever to watch, just based on Abilene Christian. Like, the, the reaction to Abilene Christian on Twitter was, we love, like, their moxie, but it was, like, also 50 to 52 or something like that. It was just the worst 30, shooting performance. 29.9%, I think it was, from the field. <laughs> Texas. Um, so bad that Shaka Smart, who didn't even get fired, was like, I'm going to Marquette. <laughs> Getting the hell out of Texas. The best part was that game was Saturday night. At, like, it didn't get over till like, midnight. Yeah. So if you were super drunk or whatever your vice may be on a Saturday night, it was probably that much more funny to be like, you just put it in the hole, you know, like nobody, nobody wanted to. What a, um, what a preposterous game that was. I also, as a, as a former Jayhawk myself, the Kansas USC game was hysterical to watch just because it proved everything right that I had been like bitching and moaning about Kansas all year about. Um, but I also had the over like 136 or 135 or something, and it hit by a point. So that felt great. Mm, there you go. Uh, with a free throw with 13 seconds left. So not to not to divert attention, but Abilene Christian uh in Texas. Abilene Christian won shooting 29.9% from the field. 16.7% from three and Texas shot 45% from the field and 35% from three, but they had 22 turnovers. Good Lord. Like, how do you, how, if you're like, how do you how, function? How do you shoot 15% better and lose? You have 22 turnovers. That's yeah, awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a big part of it. Literally everything else is, was like, pretty even too like 12 to 11 in free throw attempts 30 30 boards of 30 boards 13 offensive for Abilene Christian but overall uh 
obviously the turnovers are going to be similar. Texas blocked nine Abilene Christian shots, and Abilene Christian had zero. And fouls were 16 to 15, uh, only one more given to Texas. And then obviously the 22 to nine turnover battle. And then I love how I love the fact that UCLA gets to then play Abilene Christian in the next game. And people bet on Abilene Christian. They were like, they were fun to watch. I'm like, yeah, because you were like either not watching the right game or you were nine sheets to the wind. Yeah. Or you're just assuming that because a 14 seed beat a three, that that means that they're good when it just means that both teams were dumb as dog shit as in that game. (laughs) Oh man. That was so, what a terrible game. Also, it was was beautiful watching Iowa just get destroyed by Oregon. I shout out to all my Hawkeyes that game, and I was stewing because I had VCU. I was like, "Could you imagine VCU sneaks against, like, sneaks one out against Oregon and then throttles Iowa? I would have looked like the biggest genius in the world." But no contest. Here we go. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was like, I, "What happened in that game?" Yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, you forgot it didn't even exist. How could no? <laughs> I didn't. You know what's also bullshit is that I didn't get points for that in my bracket. I I picked Oregon. I don't care how they won. A win's a win. All right. Yeah, I love I love seeing like the tweet or like some of the stat corrections or like when you were looking at stuff and it was like one to zero. It was like, what What are we doing here? The best was getting like a halftime alert, like, hey, tune in. Or- Oregon <laughs> leads one nothing late in the second half. Thank you, March Madness app. I don't think I will. <laughs> Something tells me they got this one locked up. Um, team, quickly go over, look at the bracket if you have one in front of you, because I yep, do. I do. This is, I actually have the consensus bracket that we filled out as a website. Oh, I, I like Illinois it. Winning. Yeah. How did we do? Had- Poorly. Illinois did not win the entire thing. Um, <laughs> we do have Gonzaga still alive. Uh, let's see. Go through our going through our Elite Eight. Gonzaga versus Iowa. Did that game happen? No. No. Florida State, Alabama. Both of those teams didn't make it. Baylor and Ohio State. Nope. And Illinois <laughs> versus Houston. So we got three teams out of the Elite Eight. Uh, as a person who had a similar outcome to his personal bracket. I'm going to say good job. Good job, student. Yeah. Hey, it's the effort that counts. Um, (laughs) Teams that you had no interest in watching, even though they were a higher seed or anything like that. Uh, Creighton. Creighton won a few games. Creighton has no interest in in this brain of mine. Zero. I I mean, what's the draw about Creighton? I mean, since Dougie Buckets, literally nothing. I know. Now we just have to listen to Dougie Bucket's dad, and things and go off mean. the rail pretty quickly there. So yeah, he's not very nice. Um, Virginia, I, I know if they lost to uh, who oh. they lose to for Ohio. I don't remember watching that game at all. Uh so I okay, so I watched both of those games. I think finished like relatively. I think they were at like the same relative time slots. Okay. And like, you know how they do like the pot of kind of like two or four. Yeah. And I just got home. I grabbed tacos from a great taco place. That's about 20 minutes away. Um, kind of like halfway between here and downtown Madison. 
And on my phone, on the dash, I had propped up the UCSB game and I had Santa Barbara winning and then uh, that game, at least beating Creighton. And they, uh, they ended up choking it away, essentially. And then I got back with the food and Virginia just started breaking everything. And it was just like, awesome. This is that's right. All right. I kind of remember that. Um, USC. I know they got, I know we're kind of in that West region right now. USC turned into the golden state warriors against Kansas and didn't stop that until tonight. So yeah. Wait, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of credit. I mean, they, I mean, they got pretty manhandled for relatively speaking tonight, obviously by probably one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest team in college collegiate basketball history. But um, what a run. I mean, that like pure dominance, they essentially looked like Gonzaga to this point and then they ran into Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, Where it was, there were a lot of takes on Twitter that were USC's likely the toughest test for Gonzaga to this point. Um, which, you know, makes sense considering I'm pretty sure that it was the highest seed that Gonzaga had played all tournament. Um, oh, no, they played number five Creighton the other day. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was USC's going to be the toughest test, and then, nope, that was <laughs> that was far from the truth. <laughs> that- I, I mean, they may have been, but Gonzaga made it look easy. And that, that happens when you're that good. Um, and, and I think you're the one who pointed this out. They could win each game by one. Yep. Uh, going in, that was before tonight. Go, yeah. Going into tonight, they could win each game by one. And what was it? They'd still have an average margin of victory of what? Like 13 or something. Thir- yep. On the dot. Yeah. 13.33. <laughs> so now <laughs> I could do the math quick if I had the interest. Yeah. If you, yeah don't, don't worry about it. But the fact that it was like, they could do this if they only won the game by one. And they're like, cool, we're going to still win by 19. And we're still <laughs> like, we're still just going to kick the shit out of whoever we play. I I did see. Also, a- UCLA and Michigan are tied 340 left in the first half. Oh, I just got a score update. UCLA up 1817. Johnny Juzang. Now, if there's a guy in the tournament, uh, he fouled out last game and, and was helped by Tiger Campbell uh, and Jaime, I think, or it's Jamie Jaquez Jr. What, I mean, what a first of all, what a couple trio of names from this UCLA squad. That being said, as a Big Ten fan, I there is a point now where I'm I have to like acknowledge. I'm not rooting for Michigan. No, no, absolutely not. I, I okay. will swallow my Big Ten pride for UCLA to scoop. absolutely. I'm a Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame Big Ten, Big Ten, and Kansas fan, or I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame, Illinois, and Kansas fan. Michigan winning would be death, like literal death. <laughs> that is a <laughs> literal death. Okay, literal death. One, that's good. Not figurative no um i just got put on babysitting duty tomorrow hey live update into the life of patty this is the worst <laughs> show that you've ever had um <laughs> we got talking about it this is you know these kinds of things happen uh arkansas do you just want i don't know i don't know where to go from here 
Arkansas was fun, except I missed their first game because I was working. So maybe their first game was boring as shit. But I mean, that that's what's, by the way, that's what sucks about Illinois dipping out early is that I missed their first game because I had to work. I work once every two weeks. And that four hour time slot was happened to be when Illinois was playing. So it was, I, I think they played on Friday at noon and I worked Friday 11 to three, which like, I don't work a lot and I beg for hours and stuff like that. And I've never wanted to call in so badly, but I didn't because I'm a good boy. Um, and <laughs> put in front uh, of a table for my family. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I, I didn't get to see their one win. And then the first game that I get to see them in the tournament, they're not in it from the beginning. In fact, I was taking a shower and like had it on the radio. So I didn't mm. even get to start watching the game until it was 19 to like eight Loyola Chicago. Uh I've never been so pissed off watching the television. So pissed off that a family member of mine went upstairs when I was screaming at the TV. And I even apologized. I was like, I'm sorry, I won't scream. And they were like, nope. And I was like, (laughs) okay, then go fuck yourself. I'm still going to scream, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way. So Wisconsin, uh, they played at night at, I think 610 was tip off. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get home. I'm going to have just enough time to, like, I'll either, like, pick something up from, like, Buffalo Wild Wings, maybe quick throw something on the grill or something like that. We'll get it done just in time. Maybe bake some wings, whatever. All of a sudden, like, 4.30, hey, I'm not coming in tonight. Nobody answers. It's your boy closing the store. And so I get to... I'm, it ended up being a really busy night. I had like my phone on, like, you know, watching on my phone and like propping it up while trying to help customers as I have a line of like four people deep from like six until eight. And then by that time the game's over. So, I mean, I, I pretty much, I caught glimpses and I'm glad it was kind of a runaway. Cause otherwise I would have sent people out of the store and had no shame, sure. but um, yeah. And then I go, Two days later, and we're going to grandma and grandpa's to watch the game. And I'm like, I know we're not going to win this game, but what do I end up doing? Yelling, kicking, screaming, worse than my toddler. And it never never helps. That's the thing. Kicking and screaming, they never really play better. I um, my My closest story to that is Cubs Indians World Series 2016. My grandma was born 10 years before the last time that they went to the World Series. Mm-hmm. So she was born in 1935. She actually may have been born in 1936. Um, I have That's her license somewhere. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, I'm watching the game with my grandparents, my aunt, and my mom. And that's because my brother has gone down to a bar, but I was not even close to being 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I'm, I'm stuck watching it with them and the Cubs are losing. They're about to go down. They're down seven to two. They're about to go down in the series three to one losing my marbles. And my grandma goes, well, there's always next year. I've never wanted to scream in somebody's face before, but I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But I immediately went and posted on Facebook. I was like, I didn't hear no bell. 
And then I also think I posted on there. I was like, can't wait for game seven, uh, which happened. They won, whatever. Elation. And my grandma dies two months later. And I'm like, so there wasn't always next year, you ratty son of a bitch. <laughs> right before the new year, too. Oh, man. What what a turn. Am I right? <laughs> I was not I was not ready. I was not ready for that. No. <laughs> oh man. I uh I'm lucky because uh, I have my grandparents in my life. This is just going to become story time with us. And and I just so many like my favorite part is just when they're like look at me like how did you become such a psychopath? Like, when did, where did in the raising of our daughter, did you then become a psychopath? Because, um, because I am. Yeah. You and me both. Like, and, and when it comes to sports, we, at least when the game is on, because, because we recover very, very well. But in the three hours of a game, we get livid at just the dumbest shit. I can um, tell you, Bo Ryan, it's, you know whose fault it is? It's <laughs> Ryan's and Mike McCarthy's fault because Bo Ryan, he, from teaching his kids that you get pulled when you commit a turnover, he has then taught me to yell to pull the kid who just committed a turnover. Yeah, absolutely. So mad about it. I... So my grandpa was a Catholic school principal. My grandpa is still alive. Catholic school principal. Then he started and owned, and then it kind of crashed later, but he started his own travel agency that was successful for a a stretch. And he's just this guy who the only sport that he liked, um, he loved to play tennis and that was it. Didn't even like to watch tennis or anything like it. He, uh, he, he, excuse me. He watched tennis until John McEnroe ruined it for him uh, by non, by, by taking away the gentlemanly aspect of the game. Um, So if you think that I got any of like my sport fandom from my mom's side of the family, my mom's a sports fan. My grandma is where I get my Notre Dame fandom from. And then my grandpa was like, I used to like tennis <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> what? How dare you? So when they see me losing my shit during like a Blackhawks game, my God, I took my grandpa to a hockey game. I don't like imagine the questions answered. Hey, Pat, why is that guy just beating the shit out of this dude? I don't know. They, they you know, he. He tapped his stick, and that was it. That was that was <laughs> yes. enough. That was... You see, Grandpa. I love the idea too. Of the probably the most interesting part is if they played like if it was like Chicago, like Toronto, or like Ottawa. <laughs> I love the thought that it's probably in your grandpa's head. Like, I wonder how they got as a travel agent. Like, I wonder how Ottawa got here. <laughs> being like the most interesting my grandpa would be too hung up on the fact he's like i can't believe they played the canadian national anthem we're in chicago (laughs) 
<laughs> I love I love that. That's awesome. Um, I <laughs> I just have so much of a competitive issue because it's honestly a problem at this point. I play. I get up at five in the morning to go play basketball against a bunch of forty year olds Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And Perfect. I have zero issue throwing elbows. Yeah. Gotta like, play physical. Gotta gotta earn your keep. Yeah. I'm like, I will show you what 90s basketball was like. And I was alive for 355 days in the 90s. Okay, here's so one morning. Uh we used to play on Fridays as well. One morning, uh I I like took a charge. Or I ended up on the ground. And one of these older guys is being funny and he goes he like taps his elbow like he's gonna rko me or whatever and i'm not thinking anything all of it all of a sudden and he's all of five six and he's a portly man as well he's five six probably two twenty five but you know that's like a yeah it's like a small silo uh and he, he goes like this and me thinking he's gonna like pretend to go down all of a sudden, there's no air in my lungs because he did come down on me. <laughs> and absolutely, I was like, <laughs> as I tried to breathe in, and I couldn't. There was, there was, I've never been more terrified in my life. I, I thought I was going to die because there was such a lack of oxygen in my lungs. I, um, uh, yeah, I used to play basketball with teachers in the morning before school. Just me, another kid, and then six other yeah, six other teachers, and we play four on four every other Wednesday morning at seven in the morning. Oh. And uh, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid to, to to ruin somebody's day. I didn't have them for any classes, so Mister, what were they gonna do? Look at me, Johnson. Why is your nose broken? Patrick was aggressive on the boards this morning. Patrick wanted that triple double. Yeah. I used to call myself the white Steve Nash because I just passed the ball really well. People would be like, <laughs> why are you the white? Like, Steve Nash is already white. And I was like, I said what I said. So. Mayonnaise, Steve Nash. <laughs> oh, man. I. Uh... I'm still, I might never open that text message, by the way. That's an appalling text message. I'm going to need that story when we're done recording. Oh, man. Okay. I think UCLA's up. Well, I don't, I think I know this. UCLA's up 27 to 23 and a half. Let's assume UCL, we can do both scenarios. We can round out the show this. You can assume Michigan wins or UCLA wins. Who, who now knowing relatively who we have in the final four, who's your championship game and who's your champion? I, I want to see Gonzaga Baylor because I think that'd be a really good game. Uh, it somewhat depends on how close it'll be um, on Baylor's shooting. But Gonzaga's just steamrolling people right now. So I, I like them the most. Um, at this point, which isn't a bad thing. So, no, I uh, I agree. I think I think Gonzaga is going to roll whoever they see next. I mean, like we talked about the average margin of victory thing, and 
it's just like, first of all, who, how could you believe that's going to change? And like, when you look at us being better, it's like retroactively going back and looking at lines is, is something that I like to do. Um, not only for self-reflection to call myself an idiot because I'm usually never on the right side of history and <laughs> to try to become better at betting, which still hasn't worked. So, I mean, there you go. But uh, it's just like that line tonight for Gonzaga was eight and a half and they throttled a team that just won by, what was that? It's uh, 14, the game prior to that, 34. And the game prior to that, uh, 16 again. So it's just like they just did that tonight to a six seed. They beat them by 19. The line was eight and a half. It's like they're all they're on a 27 game double digit win streak. 28 now, isn't digit, it? As in 27 is the double digit number. I mean winning by double digits, which is appalling in its own right. And it's just like there's no way the computers in Vegas could at this point in the season. Uh, with it obviously being that there's three and a half games left, that Gonzaga should be under a 10-point favorite, regardless of any models. Like, if that's USC's number, Gonzaga's number against Michigan is probably three and a half to five, maybe five and a half, just on the basis of how much better Michigan is is in theory. Versus UCLA, that number could be thirteen. Like it just like it just was for Gonzaga against uh, Creighton, which is just like how I don't I don't see how you don't take Gonzaga as a favorite at this point under no. under double digits. First of all, and second of all, it, like under twelve to fifteen points. I mean, you're talking about a Michigan team who has played well, but hasn't been overly impressive. They've played. Without Isaiah Livers, they'll still be playing without Isaiah Livers. Um, in if they can advance to the Final Four, um, or you're talking about playing an 11 seed, and that's just to get to the championship game. And then you're looking at a Baylor team who, as good as they are, my thought on it is they finally found a Baylor team that Scott Drew can't screw up. Yeah, um, hard with three three all. Or two and an honorable mention. Yeah, I think. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, we're discounting Houston, and I like Houston, and I like Quentin Grimes, and you know, he's he's awesome, former former KU guy. Um, <laughs> and it just, I, I don't know how you can't look at this and say Gonzaga is just so much better than every team. Or it's just at least playing so much better than any team left. Yeah, I would hate to jinx my bracket at this point, but it's just like I, I don't remember another year where I didn't like go region either region by region or you know, row by row to figure out who my champion was gonna be. And I've posted my my past picks and all this. And you know, obviously this year I I've talked about it on the show and tweeted about it, how it's not been my best year. Since 2016, when I started recording said history, and it's just like, I like for history's sake, like four tournaments, 16, 17, 18, 19, I had not gotten the champion correct. I got it right in 2015 
when I had the Badgers losing in the final four, obviously I, I had Duke winning it. And obviously I uh, got that right by beating my own Badgers. But, um, and I think I had it, I want to say, I want to say like 2012, but regardless uh, in this recorded history that I've, that I've started to do, it's just like, like I said before, it was region by region or row by row game by game. And this year it was just Gonzaga. All right, now let's just find out who they're going to play. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, I did a, I, and this has been my favorite stat and I've said this a million times over, but never in podcast form, but yeah. um, I filled out three brackets this year, one at Illinois, one in Michigan and one at Gonzaga because in every year since the Ken Palms creation, the championship has been a team in the top 20 of offense and top 20 of defense in Gonzaga, Michigan, and Illinois were the only three teams that fit that bill. Yeah. And then uh, with the exception of 2014 UConn, uh, every tournament winner had ranked in the top three for in the Ken Palm. And once again, that was Gonzaga, Illinois, and Michigan. So I, I that's why I was high in Illinois and loved their chances. And that's why looking back on it, even though that it sinks that they didn't go this far, Illinois, I, I mean, Michigan and Gonzaga spot on. They completely are that are they, 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 they've taken that stat to the next level and are realistically the two best chances to, you know, win in, in the tournament here. So. Yeah. I think it's incredible too. Um, because, uh, as a numbers person and a better, and all that stuff interests me. That Ken Palm is just so fucking good. I know, like, it is incredible the numbers, the calculations, and how accurate they are as far as um, you know these stats that you have. Um, obviously, I don't think there's not like a, he doesn't fill out a bracket, does he? No. Okay, so uh, I he might. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. Ken Pomeroy. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, don't I don't follow know. him as closely as I do his numbers. So yeah, so I mean, those numbers—it's incredible how much those are gospel. As as we look at like how the MLB and NFL um, are evolving to become more analytic driven, and you just have like Ken Palm basically just knowing everything about. College. Yeah. So. Um. Now you're spot on. So. Thank you. All right. This has been fun. I'm sure we will talk more off air. I would love to get more. more can, I, can I interrupt you here? Yes, absolutely. Please do. Thursday, opening day baseball. And throughout the season, Hoppe and I have been talking about it. At least I think once a week, we're going to break down the NL Central and what's going on in baseball. Yes. Uh, once a week on the locker room app. Yeah. Yes. Holding you to that. So. Okay, deal. Um, fine. Done. Yeah, you'll. Yeah, we haven't figured out literally anything about logistics or anything like that. But once a week on the locker room app, uh, I may have said the lecture hall app, uh, the locker room app, uh, your boy and uh, your boy part two. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking some Brewers, Cubs, and the other three teams that don't really need mentioning. Um, but yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Yes, I'm excited for that. Harrison, look after this. I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna be if you're gonna be here anymore. I think 
There's a chance Patty's taking your place. There's a yeah, chance nobody will listen anymore. I might be. <laughs> I might be. I might be too high on my high horse. So thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody. I should probably throw this in there. You can get beautiful heads of hair, like Patty and I have beautiful facial hair for your boy. And look at that. Look at that running through there. That's all thanks to Gibbs Grooming. GibbsGrooming.com. G-I-B-S-G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G. GibbsGrooming.com. You can use the code HALL15. Look, all I'm going to say is nobody has the perfect bracket. But if you use Gibbs, you can have a beautiful, perfect head of hair like Patty does. Three-in-one body wash, beard, hair, and body wash. That's three-in-one. That's that's more than two-in-one. Definitely more than just one. Use the biofuel conditioner, the beard oils, the pucket deodorant stick, and even buy some of their sick merch. I have the bandana that I just had to have clean because I wear it around so much. I'm a bandana guy. People don't realize. I, I don't like to publicize it, but I might be a bandana guy. Look, if you think you're a bandana guy, you need a perfect head of hair. Gibbs Grooming is what you need to do. GibbsGrooming.com, code HALL, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15 for 15% off. Patrick, I appreciate your present present presence presence on this episode today. Class dismissed. This is <laughs>